1: Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax Get your mind blown away Ain't no skipping this track Have you paid more attention? No listening gap Get everything I ever wanted No giving it back, yeah
2: Ooh, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast I'm your host Kyle, also known as The Hardest Part of the Ring And ooh baby, ooh baby We back in WWE 2002 (laughs) and um, man oh man so if you've been listening to the apron bump you'll know that uh, I did not watch WWE in 2002 I'm a lifelong fan but that one year I did not watch for a variety of reasons but I've never I haven't really watched the Raw and Smackdowns in between I've seen a few pay-per-views from 2002 of course I've seen a few highlights documentaries, clips on YouTube, what, what have you, right? But I haven't really sat down and watched the buildup up to, for example, No Mercy 2002, which is what we're here to talk about today. Until recently, I I have, you know, as, you, again, if you've listened to me, you know that I watch all the Rawls and the SmackDowns in between the pay-per-views to kind of witness the build-up, see what's happening on the TV shows. A lot of times, this when a lot of major... Storyline pivots happen, a lot of crazy moments, great matches and stuff happen on the Rawls and the SmackDowns. However, (laughs) No Mercy 2002. First of all, just as far as the show itself goes, look, we have a classic Hell in a Cell match. The SmackDown 6 is in full effect an all-time great tag team match. We got even women's wrestling is seeing a bit of a spark in this time period. So there's, a, there's actually there's a lot of really good wrestling on this show. The cruiserweight titles on the line. Jamie Noble's defending against Tajiri. Lots of great stuff on this show. But let's talk about the brothers of destruction for, for, for real quick because we do we touch on it uh, a lot. We do more than touch. We, I would say, we grope it in the podcast. But let me just lay the scene for you. You remember in the '90s when Kane and the Undertaker—you know—you had Undertaker, the uh, what they call him, the Lord of Darkness. He he had the the teardrop under his eye, the white face, the long black hair, the cross. Just he's disemboweling stone cold like he's this evil figure, this icon, the phenom. You've heard him called that before, right? Then you have Cain, the evil demonic brother that was burned as a child and has returned to get his revenge on the Undertaker. He's laid in red all from head to toe, the mask, doesn't even talk. He's just just gigantic this force of nature he's lighting people on fire and then they come together and it's just this holy union it's just oh man as a child terrifying i had nightmares about these two they there was they were larger than life they were supernatural well let's let's fast forward a little bit to october of 2002 Undertaker you got the WWE champion bringing his mistress to get an Undertaker's head tell talking about how she had sex with the Undertaker a week ago while Undertaker is married to his pregnant wife and then on Raw you have a man named Glenn Jacobs also known as Kane again look where he started now in 2002, recently returned, he's winning titles. He's 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 better than ever. A little more humanized, but he's still a monster. But then Triple H comes in, drops a bomb on us. Apparently, when Kane was a uh, an adolescent, a uh, a young adult perhaps, he was at a party because Kane. Goes to high school parties, does keg stands, plays soggy waffle, ookie mookie cookie, all the games that we all, as, as guys, just play with our friends, right? Kane's out there, probably got a backwards hat, probably got some Jinko jeans, or whatever pe- people were wearing back then. Hat- tossed in a few back, the big red machine. And there's this lady that Kane fancies, you might have heard of her, her name is Katie Vick both of them are getting uh, tossed at this party they're they've drinking too much but they have to go home Kane offers to drive this lady because he has a crush on her wants to get in there wants to stick his big red dick inside her on the way home since they're both intoxicated an animal a big animal enters the road Kane Veers out of the way. Hits a tree. Kills Katie Vick instantly. And then fucks her afterwards. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's, look, we've all we've probably all of us have seen the clip or at least still images of the Katie Vick segment. The one that you're probably thinking about is where K or is when Triple H You know, dressed as Kane. It was a spoof. There was like a mannequin inside a casket. Triple H, who is portraying Kane, has sex with the mannequin inside the casket. It's a whole thing. But, fun fact, that doesn't even happen before this show. That's not even the build-up to this match. Because on this show, the Intercontinental title, the world title, Unify, and that is a match between Triple H and Kane. But guess what? That The casket stuff... The I'm gonna screw your brains out, or whatever he says doesn't even happen in the buildup. That's after this show. You know what happens before this show? First of all, just the, the bombshell of that being dropped Okay, <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, we have these two main eventers, it's titles, you know, I, that's probably the story, right? Nope, murder, necrophilia, semen. But actually, we, we talk about the, the, more of the buildup during the podcast, so I won't be too repetitive here, but it is. Something probably some lesser known stuff that you may not be familiar with for both The Undertaker and Kane, who are both amongst Jerry Springer storylines. (sighs) Lots to get into there, but let me give a shout out to my guests, Devin and Hafiz from the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, returning to the show. Um, they came on and talked Vengeance 2001 with me a few months ago. Go check that out if you haven't. That was a really good episode. But the boys returning to the apron bump here. And it was a, a good old time. How could it not be with the topics at hand? So go check out the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube as well. They, uh, they're they starting to do live shows uh, recently, so go check out their live shows and check out, obviously, On Demand on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. They talk about the current product. They're they they they're some of the most entertaining guys that I've met in the wrestling uh, podcast space. So, a hilarious podcast, really entertaining, and, uh, and a fun listen. So, go check out the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. All their info in the description below. Follow them on Twitter and all that stuff as well. The TikTok. TikTok. Uh, Instagram. Facebook, uh, MySpace, all that stuff. Do that. And hey, if you like this type of episode, you like the Ruthless Aggression era, you like early 2000s WWE, go to apronbump.com. Go to the episodes tab at the top right corner and you can select any promotion, any era that you'd like to listen to me recap. Everything from Ring of Honor, TNA, the Monday Night Wars. And of course, in this case, you can go up and select Ruthless Aggression And then I'll bring you to all of the R.A. era stuff that I've covered thus far. Follow me on all the social medias. If you're watching on YouTube, they're all down below. At Apron Bump across the board. Give this video a like, a subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching, or if you're listening, I guess you can still watch. On an audio platform. Why don't you go give this podcast a five-star rating, huh? Maybe a little review-ski. Nothing else about how, how erotic this episode is going to be because I mean you're going to listen to this and you'll be like man I'm all chubbed up better go give this a five-star review so go be a be a good be a good person and do that why don't you big smooches um but yeah let's get to it baby WWE No Mercy 2002 with myself and Devin and Hafiz from the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast
1: there uh, you know just staying busy uh now we go now, we changed the format a little bit. Now, we go live now, which is easy for That's me all with that. editing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> it, I got nice. more time. Yeah, yeah. I got more time, you know, for, for work mm-hmm. and for the family, too. So, it works out perfect, man. Right. I
3: like the interaction. I like the interaction with
2: the live, too. Yeah. Just getting people yeah. chiming in, too. It's it pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's always nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Al Wilson had some uh, interaction on this show. Right? Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it,
3: it took me a second. I was like, "Al, oh, uh,
2: I, I just I pulled Al Wilson out of nowhere." No mercy. <laughs>
3: yeah. That was an abrupt here. slap in yeah. the face with Al Wilson.
2: I apologize. <laughs>
3: Al Wilson. Mm. Why did you have your clothes on in the shower? <laughs> Best part of the show. Well, I was show. like, "Oh wow, I, I forgot about I this." Forgot I forgot all like... about that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was out of my mind I rewatched. Yes. I said, "Wait, what?" <laughs> that was a long segment. Too. I <laughs> did not have sexual relationships. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, like, this is 2002, all right." <laughs> yeah, oh, it is. Is Isn't it crazy? That's
2: maybe not even top five craziest storylines going oh, yeah. on. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Like uh, man, brothers of destruction, you know Kane, yeah, Undertaker. Yeah. If you're familiar, man, yeah. when you just think yeah, that of-
3: opening was cool seeing them together, you know, yeah. just seeing Kane sitting next to Undertaker, be like, so how's your week been? Oh, right. <laughs> like, great.
0: great. Well, <laughs> notes, yeah. right?
3: <laughs>
2: Bro, I forgot because like the Katie Vick thing is like what everybody oh, talks about God. all the time. I forgot about the Undertaker storyline with the. Yeah, yeah. me too. I was like, what is all this with Sarah? First of all, I said Sarah. Oh, man. Like, it
3: it clicked as soon as I saw her, but I forgot about. About that. I mean, it's Michelle yeah. Cool now, but mm-hmm. you know, I was like, damn, Sarah. And then this other chick, and I'm like, what is
2: going Tracy, on Tracy, who could forget Tracy, the, the uh, right, the mistress, <laughs> I guess. Liar. <laughs> oh, that was a whole thing. And man, <laughs> and I mentioned it. Katie Vix. So I actually have this clip. Oh, I hopefully, I hope, hopefully it works. It's, it's, it's a short audio clip. I'm just going to oh. play this and see if you guys have any recollection of this.
3: Why don't you explain to the world how when doctors did the autopsy.
2: I should mention this is Triple H talking to Kane.
3: On Katie Vick's body, the doctors found your semen. That's pretty, pretty to the point. The question I have is, on that night, did you force katie vick to have sex with you while she was alive
2: oh, listen to the delivery of it or
3: please. did you just wait and do it to her when she was dead <laughs> Triple H. Is, oh my yeah, god brutal very direct very I direct mean, i'm just gonna cut to the chase it's crazy because <laughs> i'm thinking like yeah he's on my mount rushmore that guy's on my mount rushmore of uh <laughs> <laughs> wrestlers Mm. Uh, that's your man. That's, that's, that's yeah. my dude, man. I wrong with Triple H. H, H. I,
2: even <laughs> then, I did. But that, oh my God. That's crazy. Well, I mean, it's Kane's fault. I mean, Triple H didn't <laughs> kill Katie Vick, <laughs> right? All the was, while I, just, mean, I don't know why we're just debating Triple H. I remember,
3: too, didn't Triple H do a reenactment?
2: Yeah, yes. that's H, That's yes. what I remember. I don't remember this so, while she was dead. Like, right. God damn, Triple H. <laughs> just. It was a He was in a funeral home and yep. he got oh. coffin.
1: Yep.
3: I remember this vividly. Oh, vividly. man. Got in the coffin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, I was like, what are we doing? Even then, I'm like, no,
2: this is too much. It's, oh, my God. I'm just crazy. Because, like, were you guys watching during this time period? Because, uh, oh, like, yeah. I, was, I was an attitude era watcher and I, I didn't really watch in yep. 2002. When I think of 2002, I think of the SmackDown 6. I think of Benoit and Kurt. Oh, I think of yeah. Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I think of all that Guerrero, stuff. Guerrero, Edge, Oh, Chavo, man. Yeah. We get a good amount of that on this show as well. It's yeah, we good, did. Good, we good did. wrestling.
1: Yes. But you got segments. these
2: <laughs> outlandish storylines as well. I mean, <laughs> where, do, where do you guys like, are you guys more Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression? Like, is this, a, is this an era that you guys really liked?
3: Definitely you go.
1: I think I'm a little bit of both, but I, I would say I lean more heavy on the attitude, just because of Stone Cold, because that's my guy. Mm, it's my yeah, favorite yeah. all time wrestler. So let because of that alone, I'll lean to the attitude. But the but the ruthless aggression era was was just on the on the level of attitude. If not, I'd say a little bit more too, because we got banger matches. Yeah. in the uh, ruthless aggression era, man.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely Attitude Era as far as the one I, I continually watched all the way through, mm-hmm. you know, Attitude and Ruthless Aggression and then the Dark Ages, you know, and, mm. you know, with all that, too. I was I was still there all throughout all that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Attitude Era is where I really became like a hardcore WWE fan. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of started out more with the video games, you know, back in the day with like WWF video games oh, yeah. and then WCW versus NWO and all those games and then WCW. Is the one that I started actually watching like religiously at first. Mm-hmm. Then I would catch what would happen on WWE, and it was DX and the Nation and Stone Cold, and I'm like,
2: oh, this is these dudes, yeah. <laughs> they got it. So it was Attitude Era for me. Yeah, no, I'm kind of the same way. Like I said, like kind of like you guys. It's kind of when I got into it. So it's it's rough when you have such a high bar right at the yeah. beginning. I think it's why a lot of fans are jaded nowadays because they feel like everybody's kind of in the <laughs> similar generation. I do appreciate
3: generation. WWE um, on the network showing that whole Ruthless Aggression like oh, breakdown, yeah. like the oh, documentaries yeah. kind of highlighting the different aspects of it because Ruthless Aggression was was actually pretty awesome. You know, in the the big four that we got from, was it big four? Big, with John Cena and Randy Orton and Batista mm. and, and Brock, yep. you know, those four guys. And then Shelton too, honorable mention. Like Shelton was awesome back then. Um that was amazing. And then you had the beginnings of the first wave of like the um, the 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 women's revolution with like, you know, the the Trish Stratuses and uh, the yeah. Lita's and Molly Holly's all getting to actually wrestle, you know, like actually taking part in the wrestling versus just Braun panties matches and you mm-hmm. know Al Wilson storylines and you
2: know. <laughs> I mean a little sprinkle of that, never heard of anybody. Right? <laughs> right. A little sliver. Yeah, there's, there's two women's matches on this card, which there I thought were was... two. Yes.
3: AEW, man. What's going on? 20 <laughs>
2: years ago. This we got 20. two on... <laughs> in two thousand. AEW take notes. Take who's, notes, who's your Al Wilson.
3: Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm man. sorry, I had to. I had no, to. But I, I saw mean, there were two because I didn't remember that. I was like, nah, they're probably just gonna be one. And they mm-hmm. had two. I, I said, said, you yep. gotta be kidding me.
2: Even two back then. 2002. Dude, I was, I can't think of one pay-per-view before this that had more than one women's match. I'm sure there is. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. Back then it wasn't,
3: yeah, it was literally just, you know, you get the, the, again, brawn panties and just things like there'll be managers, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It wasn't really a focus on wrestling until, you know, they finally were like, look, let's, let's try to do this. Even if Vince and WWE doesn't want us to. And, you know, Fifth Finley was training them and all that. So, it, it, yeah, it just it's taken a long time. Back then, I don't remember it being a big focus. Even when Trish was yeah. like at the height of her game, I still feel like it wasn't a, there wasn't a focus on it to put more than you know one match a night, if that.
2: Right. Yeah, because it was definitely still presented as eye candy, but you could tell the women yes. are in there working their asses off, they were and including yeah. this show. I mean, the the, the matches are short. But man, yeah. they were they were going. After they was it.
1: wrestling though, man. This was they a transitional crazy. era, I think it was. It was yeah. still in that bra and panties, mm-hmm. but they was Vince let them wrestle. Yeah, it yeah. was short, but I was like, I was actually surprised by the Tory Wilson and Don Marie. I was like, wow, same. They, they were actually. Close. I was like, they weren't just. I don't like, remember Tori being this kind of kind of good. <laughs> they man. had knee pads <laughs> and boots. Yes. <laughs>
2: Like, like okay, I'm like they're wrestling. All right, okay. let's, let's get all into right. it. Luthes would be proud. But <laughs> before that, the opening match here we got the tag teams have the world tag team titles on the line. Got to specify because now there's two starting on this show. So we got uh, the champions Chris Jericho and Christian versus Booker T and Goldust. This is uh, Booker T and Goldust is probably one of my favorite teams of all time. Oh, man,
3: yeah, it was nice to see them together again. With, with this, you know, I, I, so again, there's so much time has passed. Like it's easy to just kind of have this, just leave your memory. But going back to this, I was like, oh man, yeah. I remember all the the skits that they used to do together, yeah, you know, yeah. and just how much fun they would have. And Goldust was just a fool. And then Booker T's reaction, everything Goldust would do was just great, <laughs> you know? So yeah, seeing them as a the tag team was cool. And then yeah, Christian and Chris Jericho as a tag team. I'm like, oh, did mm-hmm. yeah, that happen? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Christian was looking jacked too. I'm like, man. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> yes, Christian, right. Oh. oh, at last, you're <laughs> the best, the
1: best. Yeah, it brought good memories, man. I enjoyed yeah. uh, this match, but I forgot like how good tag team chemistry wise Booker T and Goldust was. Yeah, you yeah. know. And then you mentioned the backstage segment. I know. I remember one vividly of the Star Wars scene. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you see Booker T in backstage. Got the lightsaber. Just real
2: serious. But it's so entertaining, man. So, yeah, these guys. These guys yeah, were good, man. They, they were they yin were. and yang men. They uh they knew how to react off each other. I think it elevated Booker T to a new... Because before his thing with Goldust, he was kind of just floating around. He was a heel, mm-hmm. coming off the invasion angle. But I feel like this elevated Booker to a new level. And I would honestly say, like, this period, maybe more closer to WrestleMania. Probably is, Would you agree? Is His peak in popularity, at least in WWE...
3: Um, King Booker. I think King Booker mm. for me, you know, that was the character that that I didn't see that coming. Where he was just so over and so popular and so entertaining, and he was right. a heel through all yes. that. But it was just like he, this dude is 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 a fool. Right. But uh, like entertaining is all hell, and he's winning matches. Then he had his wife Charmel with him too, and he would take his time on his entrance, do a little little pinky, oh, you know, yes. and just. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I like the A little pose.
2: coming out of his his yeah.
3: uh <laughs> dude throne. I, for me that right there again i did not see that coming i saw him in wcw and it, man, he had so many gi bro and all that which were very forgettable mm. but then and then the rock um copycat stuff he was doing it's like eh. this right here i feel like as i guess just booker t that character, mm-hmm. this is probably the most over that he was. I agree with that. And then WrestleMania time when, you know, he went against Triple H and they botched who should have won that match. Mm-hmm. But um, King Booker, I feel like that maybe his most, maybe his best work, you know, in in wrestling is when he was that character. Cause it was just so like, he seemed to be having fun and the crowd loved it. It was a character mm-hmm. that just, it was it was over. It was larger than life. It shouldn't have worked as well as it did. It shouldn't have oh, yeah. exactly.
1: But it connected with the crowd. The crowd yeah. was getting it over. He was getting uh-huh. the heat, and then they started cheering him. He, he even put on the accent, which was just the cherry on top. but
2: guys his natural <laughs> accent. Crowd. I don't know what we're talking yeah. about.
1: <laughs> so yeah, but I, I think King Booker was peak. Yes,
2: I mean, I would probably say Black Snow is probably his best. If you guys remember, T- oh TNA T- 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 fans, T- a- when oh, he had the had the yeah. headset on and he was in the ring, <laughs> oh that's a T. but teach their own, teach their own. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty solid match here. The the one notable thing here, Jericho goes for his uh, he springs oh, off the God. rope into a drop yeah. kick, but the rope snaps, Exasting. Exasting. the second rope. Just comes apart, and uh, luckily nobody got (laughs) injured in the process. It's actually amazingly. The the, the amazing thing about it is because they go to the finish. Jericho bulldogs gold dust on the uh, one of the tag belts, and instead of going for the lion salt, which I assume was the planned finish because he can't because there's no rope, just goes to the top rope and it's a moonsault off the top (laughs) and uh, gets the win.
3: Great improv, great improv by Jericho to make that work. Luckily they didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt. Um, you can see Charles Robinson, too, just shocked, like, uh, what just <laughs> happened? And then he's trying to fix the rope. They're going for the pin. I think all that was real, where he just was in the wrong spot. He's like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this yeah, pin, yeah, yeah. and then goes over there. Like, it was just one of those accidents that you're like, wow. But then I think they rolled with it really well, to the yeah. point where you could almost make a case for, um, you know, maybe that was a work a and work. they want to do that. Yeah, but yeah. damn, that's way too dangerous to be a work. Mm-hmm. But I just love how seamlessly they they seem to just go with the flow on that, and Jericho pulling off that moonsault. I don't I don't remember Jericho doing a moonsault off the top very often. No. He usually just does that lion. Salt. I can't ever. Remember so to doing see that. him go to the top, it was like, oh wow, okay, like Jericho has that in him, you know, at that time. Cool, that's mm. awesome. You almost want him to pull that out, you know, a couple more times <laughs> in his career. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a pro, man. Uh, sometimes that top rope Hurricane Rana, he still pulls that to this day, you know. Yeah. So we still see that one. Yeah, that is true. That's true. But it was <laughs> a good
1: audible by Chris Jericho, man. Yeah. yeah. When I saw that second rope, now I was like, oh, shit, I remember this now. Yeah. Like, and then he was going for the moonsault, but great recovery and just smooth audible to do the moonsault from the top of the rope. And I was like, damn, okay. Mm. And I'm like, was that plan or not? So to Hafiz's point, it got you thinking either way.
2: Uh, but it's he said he leans more shoot.
1: To me, it's Is like it's it? in the air. I still can't figure it out to this day.
2: 20 years. <laughs> He's a wizard for a reason, man.
1: <laughs> the
3: wizard strikes again
2: <laughs> on himself. <laughs> he didn't he didn't know how powerful he was. Right. <laughs> Don't know my own strength. Own
3: wizard's Couldn't
2: control his powers at that time. No, no, he, he was, was just a getting into a his, yeah. right. his wizard's <laughs> <laughs> It was Harry in the first book, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never thought I'd make a Harry Potter reference on this podcast, but here we are. Hey, mm. we're
3: here. here. We go. There well, here we go. First time for it all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh, man, so now we got the number one SmackDown announcer here with Hal Wilson.
3: Oh well, <laughs> ow, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus!
2: <laughs> good old get This
3: dude, man, that's not. That is definitely an actor, right? I don't think so. I, his a- that can't no. be Hitler. <laughs> <father. laughs> Was that? Huffin's, I don't I know. Saw, I you he saw. You saw this guy.
2: He's not an actor. <laughs> well, he's not a good
3: actor. <laughs> <No, really? laughs>
1: that's yeah. true. That's true. If he's an actor, he they, they
2: lost their money on this dude. Because... Uh, <laughs> I get their money's worth. Hey, <laughs> you got like, what is going on? Funaki, for whatever... When, when Funaki is the one holding this all together, you know you're in a bad mm-hmm. situation. So he's uh, basically throwing a clips of previous weeks on SmackDown, where Al Wilson has been uh, seduced. Seduced, I guess, by Don Marie... Um, cause Dawn and Tori have been having bikini contests week after week, and Dawn's always like giving him sneak peeks, and uh, ac- accidentally, quote unquote, gives him like uh, her key to her hotel room one night, mm. and then uh, I believe it's the <laughs> SmackDown before this. Tori Wilson walks in on them in the shower, Al and Dawn, and uh, Al Wilson still has his slacks, his button up on. Really cool.
3: What I love about this, too, is when I saw it, I said to myself, it's weird that he still has his clothes <laughs> yes. on because she's just naked and uh-huh. he's in there like just full clothes. So I'm like, why? And then sure enough, <laughs> asked, this is the question we all want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did you have your clothes on in the shower? Like that's the big thing. Well you see on the hard hitting like,
2: questions. The big scoop. But yes. for
3: me, that was the question. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's like, yes, please answer. <laughs> Explain the weird. logic.
2: <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't explained, but <laughs> you know, Apparently according to Al, he did yeah, not have wasn't. He didn't have sexual relations with that woman is what he said. Yes. So I think I've heard so that how somewhere. Did
1: that get to there in
3: okay. 2002,
2: Still topical, yes. I guess. <laughs> man, right. A good right. Bill Clinton reference and always, always a home run, in my oh, opinion. Oh man. <laughs>
3: it's funny because, you know, any any like kids going back and trying to watch this stuff, they're not going to have that reference, you know, mm-hmm. unless they're digging in after the fact. Like, where did that come from? You know, because now it's just, you know, it's that's that's so far in the past. But it's funny for us, we're all like. Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah. 2002. Mm-hmm. Like we know what's yes. going on at that time. Man. <laughs> we're old. Ancient right? now. We're... I, was only, I was 16. I was oh 16 man, in dude! <laughs> <laughs> man.
2: people that were people that weren't even born at this show at the right. time of the show can almost drink now, which is uh, years.
3: God. just, you just Wait, made it worse.
2: Twenty years ago, <laughs> that that's almost to the shit. When did this show have? It? Almost to the day. Look at us. Yeah, right. man. man. Um. But we got uh, and that leads us, of course, into Don Marie versus Tori Wilson. And like we like we were talking about, man, these these ladies went out there. They had a wrestling match. They weren't just they pulling hair. They weren't ripping each other's clothes off. They went out there in knee pads, boots, wrist tape. We're doing holds. were are doing hip tosses. And I mean, it was a lot better than. I expected it to be so. Mm-hmm. I for whatever reason I, I enjoyed it. Tory wins with a swinging net breaker. No, not a not a slap, not a not a stink face, a whole yeah. ass move. But um, yeah, what w- what'd you guys think about this whole deal? I thought you know my expe- ex- expectations for this match
1: was low because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like all right, aggression We got Tory Wilson, Don Marie. It's probably like you said, some hair pulling just little strikes here and there, just slapping circles, all like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wrestling? Oh, okay, cool. And I guess I'll put my short. pants back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zip up. <Are> you <laughs> Sorry, focus in here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm like, okay, let me pay attention to see what's going on, man. They're
3: doing some wrestling moves, yeah. man. Okay, all right, see, I see you fit, Finley, man. You're doing your thing. You're paying it off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, same. It's a lot of the same. I, I was not expecting to, to for this to be an actual match. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with with these two, I always thought that they were predominantly the ones where, that they would use in those, you know, bikini, bra and panties kind of things. And so it would just be a real quick cat fight. And, you know, maybe there's, you know, the dad comes out and does something, you know, and it's just over in a, a couple minutes. But yeah. no, they went out there. I don't know the, the timestamp, like how long this match went. But, you know, it, it felt like it went maybe a good like 10 minutes or so, maybe eight to 10 minutes. Yeah. But four four minutes for that time, that, What's that? Four minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, it felt four, longer, okay. but I looked That's at the That's funny. Step. Yeah, because yeah. it felt longer than that. Yeah. I, but I think because of that time, we're used to so much less than what they did do. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to them. There was that one moment where they were rolling around and the referee got tangled up with them. And then he's like, he the ref basically was sus, mounted for of Marie. because they didn't just What's roll
2: that? into him. The ref was like, that, he did a full ass reach around onto uh, uh, a Yeah, He wasn't stuck. At, he, he, wasn't he knew Jimmy he too. Uh, I think it might've been. Yeah. Okay. You, you're
3: probably right. You're probably right. And it just, just full on creep, like move that he pulled and he was proud of it. And at that time, you know, you got Jerry the King Lawler, you know, loving it. Cool. It just it's such a different era, you know, of of wrestling and, mm-hmm. and just just everything, you know, that I was seeing it. And I was just cringing. I was like, man, you can't do none of this now. Like there's <laughs> no way. <It's> canceled immediately.
2: <laughs> like <laughs> I think the king said, Oh, like, oh, the ref must be horny. I was like, white <laughs> People were just letting anything fly. Semen, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, not letting semen fly. You know what I mean? But you know, anyways. <laughs> um, anyways, so we got Rob Van Dam. So that match exceeded my expectations. I would say this mm. next match probably didn't really reach my expectations. Mm. We got Rob Van Dam versus Ric Flair. So we are uh, coming off of Ric Flair turning heel at the previous pay per view, Unforgiven. This is when Triple H defended against H. RVD. Flair comes in, hits RVD with the sledgehammer. Now we have this match. So, solid story behind it. But um, as far as the match itself goes, I feel like if, if they felt like they were going through the motions. It felt like it never really reached uh, like out of second gear to me. I don't know. What did what'd you guys think about it?
1: I thought it was a decent match for me. Uh, just Flair, just doing his Flair stuff, chops, mm-hmm. you know, around the ring, doing his antics. RVD. Rolling Thunder. I actually was calling this. I'm like, all right, he's getting ready to do his Rolling Thunder. Yep, there it go. And this is 20 years ago. So yeah, (laughs) he
2: kind of has this. He kind of
1: gets into a formula at some point. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It it definitely felt that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it was nothing, you know, too spectacular. But it was uh, just Flair putting Rob Van Dam over.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, yeah. Looking back at it, it's it's one of those where I feel like I did not have. High expectations because I'm thinking Ric Flair at that time, like he was already kind of up there, you know, in mm-hmm. in age, and he w- he would go on to wrestle for a, you know a couple more years. He's only halfway two. through
2: his career at this point.
3: Well, you're right, exactly. Yeah. But like I just, I guess those it was a real clash of styles between the two. Yeah, like you've got yeah. RVD who's fast paced, high flyer, you know, like extreme type of guy versus Ric Flair who's just one of the most charismatic guys, but very, like, slow-paced, methodical, Uh you know, uses uh, tactics and strategy to try to find his way to a victory, you know? And it was a real clash of styles that I was like, "Mm, I don't know if they really mesh well together. I don't know if this is a great opponent for either one of them. Um, I thought Ric Flair did a good job of, I mean, this is Ric Flair, so selling and making RVD look good. I think he did a great job there, but I just feel like, The clash of styles there, it just wasn't the best matchup for either one of them. And, you know, for RVD, it's kind of sad watching it because I think, man, when this guy was in ECW, I thought, ooh, he was on top of the world and he -hmm. could be, you know, the guy in wrestling. And I think for, for a lot of people, for a time there in ECW, he was, even though he never was their world champion. And then going to WWE... It was like, okay, is he going to be like, you know, Shawn michaels Ask like, one of those guys? Are they going to ever give him that push? And that one night stand where he ended up, you know, beating John Cena with the help of Edge was like, okay, you know, he got a little bit of shine there, but his career never really got to that peak. And watching this, I feel like they just never really figured out RVD in WWE. Yeah. They, just, they just never really got it. I think probably the best of it was maybe him and The Undertaker, and seeing some of those matches for the hardcore title of of all titles, the hardcore mm-hmm. that, championship. That's the one
2: we yeah. covered, right? Vengeance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So for me, I think that just watching this match, that's kind of where my mind went. Is watching like, man, like if only, if only they could have figured this out. If only RVD maybe was around in this era, you know, with with Hunter and with the NXT guys, and seeing like what could have happened with mm. with that style of wrestler, what RVD could have been. I mean, it, who knows? But it, it's it's. I felt a little bit like, okay, you know, it, it was a little bit underwhelming, and and I kind of expected it because of the Clash of Styles.
2: Yeah. No, that's a good point. Flair even had a match with Eddie Guerrero a few months before this, and that was the same kind of thing, just kind of. Yeah. And Flair would eventually transition into more of a manager, more of an, I guess, he would wrestle as an attraction, but yeah. um, not really a full-time, really. But, um, yeah, it is what as far as RVD goes, I think when he first got there during the invasion, I think, I think they kind of had it figured out at that point. And I think eventually kind of just molded himself into the WWE formula of what they wanted him to him to be. Yeah, Cause like when he first came in, he was in world title matches with stone cold and he was Damn. up there with Kurt Angle, he and Undertaker, he so like he, even, even like the Jeff Hardy matches, even though those were like undercard matches, they like stole the show. So yeah. yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's a wonder. He did have that brief peak at one night stand, like you said, but um, yeah, Lot lots of intercontinental titles for RVD <laughs> in the future. Forever workhorse. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting a victory Damn over God. Ric Flair here. No, nothing wrong with that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah,
3: solid. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but speaking of ECW, we got a uh, ECW legend, the big show here, uh talking to Stephanie McMahon. So we're at this point here where Stephanie is the GM of SmackDown, Bischoff's GM of Raw, and um, there's, a, there's a lot of hostility between the two GMs, a lot of a lot of competition, which I guess first of all what do you guys, that's like a big topic today as far as like the brand split, like should they be split should they not be, what do what'd you guys think of this era where Raw and SmackDown are very distinct shows and even like on screen there's like a big competition between the two
1: I like the in-house competition uh, it kind of resonated on the screen and you saw that, you saw Steph really behind the blue and then you got Bishop behind Raw. You saw the different managing styles too. So you, so it, so I like that as well. It was definitely different, and and it just the way they just presented it. it did, I think they did a good job uh, with that, and then it tied it in well with uh, with the segment with Big Show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the competition. It'd be it'd be nice to if we're gonna keep it going now. Um, to t- kind of take what they did then and really make it about these two brands trying to outdo each other, mm-hmm. um, it was it was very fun. At that time, it was so like it's almost like they're two separate companies yes. that you know were at war with each other. It's like they were trying to recreate kind of the Monday Night Wars, even though they're on two different days. But like they they literally they tried to make animosity between the GMS and between the, the, the brands themselves. Like, we're raw, and we want to beat SmackDown. And, of course, Survivor Series, it's like they really tried to let it all out around that time. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just feel like, you know, watching it now, you know, where it's kind of... it, It feels like it's done, but it's not completely done. And you just kind of ask yourself, well, what is the best thing? Should they just end it? Should they just keep it going? But I think they could learn a lot from what they were doing before because it seemed like they were way more committed to making it two distinct brands. Yes. And honestly, the networks might like that, too, where it's like, hey, you know, we have these specific, you know, wrestlers that are here on our show and they're creating a distinct brand for Raw and for SmackDown, you know, really making and fleshing it out, you know, like like they did back then. Because for me, it was clear what SmackDown was trying to do. Yeah. They had a lot of, you know, the technical wrestlers mm-hmm. and just like those young, like hungry wrestlers. And Raw felt like, okay, this is like that traditional... WWE, Vince McMahon feel where SmackDown was trying to be different. If you do that right now, I think that'd be kind of interesting to see.
1: Yeah. I think they ha- they was on the precipice in 2016. Uh, with Shane McMahon and uh-huh. Daniel Bryan, the whole Land of Opportunity gimmick they was doing for, mm. for SmackDown. And plus, they took it an extra step. They was doing exclusive pay-per-views, too. So, yes, So yes. I think if they went back to exclusive pay-per-views...
3: Oh, man, could you imagine, That would be cool. I like yes, that. Yes, and <laughs> a lot of people
1: got their opportunities because of that. You had AJ Styles mm-hmm. as champion, main-inventing. Mm-hmm. You had Miz and Dolph Ziggler, main-inventing. On the yep. exclusive pay-per-view. You couldn't do that right now, though. Now
3: with No, because Roman Reigns is going to be in main event every it's time. That right. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> get day. Day. Right. Let's get out the All way. It. All, All day,
1: day, every day. Let's get that Forever
3: champ. Gonna gonna get champ get one forever jab champ. in per episode. <laughs> I
2: know. I hey, up. man. It's coming. Might as well just rip off the band-aid. Let's <laughs> go. Man, Roman Reigns would be on no pay-per-views if they just did brand exclusive ones. WrestleMania only. For me, that's what you would say. <laughs> yeah,
3: right.
1: Exactly. Oh, I see y'all in a Roman Reigns premium live event. You know? Yes. Oh, you
3: know what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Call it Roman. The Reigns. head of the, table. <laughs> the, head of the <laughs> table.
3: Wwe presents head of the table.
2: Yeah. Head of the table match.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> head of the table match at head of the table. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's money. Somebody better be writing this down. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's good. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Raw and SmackDown, at this point, felt like two different shows. And I think I think today, they only have a bigger roster than they did back in 2002, so they could make Shit. that a reality yeah. if they wanted to. It was just a matter of committing yeah. to it. But uh, Big Show, none too pleased with his treatment on Raw. Um, again, kind of ties into the stuff we see today with AEW and WWE. He's, he's <laughs> not, he's, he feels underutilized, gentlemen. He feels uh, he, he has a lot more to offer, and he's thinking about going to the other side. So uh, he's basically talking to Stephanie, I guess, kind of picking her brain on trying to get him to go over to SmackDown. Then comes Eric Bischoff. Oh, he's mad. He's what, what the hell is going on here? He says, whoo. And uh big show says, and I quote, um, I'm just sitting around with my thumb up my ass. I'm uh underutilized. And, and Bischoff is just like, yeah, you'll do what I tell you to do. And then, Big Show grabs Eric by the neck, throws him up against the wall and says he'll snap his neck if he don't doesn't put me in main events. Just like, OK, yes, sir. You got it, Paul. <laughs> and I'm also thinking Big Show hasn't really, at this point, hasn't really been a big deal since like the Fatal 4-Way WrestleMania match. Yeah, 2000. Yep. Just crazy. He's just been like. He has like, he has like brief periods of being a monster. And then all of a sudden he's, his career was
3: really, yeah, that's another one where even though he, he had multiple reigns, but I feel like none of them are really like memorable where it was like, oh yeah, he was, he was the guy. Mm -hmm. Like he had the championship, but he was never really the guy. Like I remember when he beat Brock with Paul Heyman's help. Brock was still the guy. Like it, it was still about all about him. So you know, and then with Stone Cold, you know him and Stone Cold got into it a couple times. You mentioned uh, WrestleMania 2000, like it was still about Rock in Triple H. He was H. the first
2: one eliminated from that match, right? Got, yeah.
3: Which I mean, if I had to book that, yeah, I'm probably I mean, doing yeah. that too. If I'm being real, but yeah, it's just it, he never really he never really took off. You know, he was always he was an attraction. You know, it's it's hey. very mm-hmm. like. Braun Strowman today, you know, like how he had been. Now, hopefully, things can course correct now with him being back. But like everything we've seen of Braun Strowman, and then you think about, you know, Paul White, aka Big Show, very similar careers, I
2: think.
1: Yeah, good Mm -hmm. point. It was the whole start and stop booking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Heel
2: face, heel face. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yes. Dude, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Legitimately, (laughs) you're this big ass dude, but who are you? It's yeah. like
1: seven foot and 500 pounds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't have the time to hate them. You don't have the time to love them. So you're just kind of sitting there in the mm-hmm. middle. And, oh, just big bastards here again. Wonder what he's going to do. Right. Um, But on the opposite end of the spectrum, we got some smaller gentlemen here fighting for the cruiserweight championship.
1: Jamie Noble.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tajiri versus Jamie Noble, the champion. Oh man,
3: Jamie.
2: Ooh, You guys like Jamie Noble?
3: Ball of energy. Yeah. I don't yes. know. I, seeing him I, again, I was like, dude, was I character. love this dude, man. He's the best. He's
1: yeah. the best. He was great.
2: Yes. He's like hardcore
1: championship it. run, too. Legend.
0: Dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't even want to call him a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty. I, I love Jamie right. Noble. I, no shame. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's great here, man. The Cruiserweight division, that's another thing as far as like separating the brands, having their own distinct identity. The Cruiserweight division on SmackDown. So SmackDown
3: so smart. yeah
2: it's always going to be blue to me the Cruiserweight yeah. division um we've got Jamie Noble Tajiri as Jamie Noble calls them. uh former tag team partners they kind of been a, a group in the weeks leading up to this but Tajiri I guess got too comfortable with Nydia and Jamie Noble even though Jamie Noble has kind of been like a cuck you know when he first started like he, he let people make out with Nydia in front of him and that's a whole thing. We don't need to get into it, but... <laughs> that's a whole nother show. Yeah, yeah <laughs> A whole nother episode. That's behind the right. paywall, you see. Um, but yeah, as far as the match goes, I mean, it was a fun match, really fun, as all these Cruiserweight mm-hmm. matches generally are, especially in this time period. Um, you got Jamie busting out a, a running electric chair, which looked nasty. You got Tajiri throwing all his crazy Tajiri kicks. You, you forget. <laughs> it was so good. I feel like Tajiri, people... A lot of people think of like the comedy he did with like Regal and stuff like that, but goddamn man, he's he's a monster in there. I, I go back
3: to to Jerry and like even uh, super crazy in uh, ECW. Yeah, like those two had classics, classics. Yeah. So looking at Jiri here, it was it was amazing how he was one of the few that in his wrestling, you know, going from ECW to WWE. I feel like he didn't really change anything in ring. You know, those mm. kicks were very, you know, they felt to me watching as a kid, and even now watching again, very stiff and like, man, it, it scares me, looking at Tajiri using his feet. And then the tarantula, you know, it's one of those moves where yeah. it doesn't make sense because he can't submit him there, but it looks painful as hell, and I don't want to be in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> just just love Tajiri, man. So
2: much respect for that dude. Yeah, <laughs> He's the best. Uh, and then the uh, the finish comes when Tajiri hits his buzzsaw kick on Jamie Noble, but Nydia... Gets on the apron, starts making out with the ref to distract him. Because what else are you gonna do, right? So, <laughs> 2002, <laughs> never misses. Oh my god! <laughs> everything was off the table. Man, if we had a bingo card for 2002 wrestling, it'd be filled already. Right? Uh, <laughs> Noble hits his uh, tiger power bomb for a two count. Some good false finishes in this in this match. Yeah. Um, Tajiri goes for a victory roll. But Jamie Noble reverses, and Nydia holds Jamie's feet to keep him in place, dastardly Nydia, and that gives Noble the win here. And then Tajiri... Because I know when I, when I lose something, I furiously make out with the spouse of my opponent, which is what Tajiri does here. Kisses Nydia angrily, and then Noble's like, hey, that's not how you do it. Let me show you how to do it. So he starts kissing Nidia, and then Jamie Noble gets... Kicked in the head, so yeah, two thousand two, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a time!
1: <laughs> yeah, this match was was fun, man. Yes, I, I had a. I remember, you know, watching this match, and this was right after the Robin Dam, you know. And I'm thinking, like, man. The, I'm actually more entertained with this match than the Robin and Ric Flair. I'm 100%. like crazy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. I was just mm-hmm. enjoying the false finishes. I'm enjoying Nidia what she's doing, and I was watching MTV that you know the whole tough enough reality show. That's when it, you know
3: mm-hmm. yeah
1: before they Swim started sheet. hiring supermodels sure. and all that good. But now mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I remember they. She was one of the first winners, and yeah. she was having a good time too. Just. I love her reaction when when they won, and she's hugging the cruiserweight title like like it's hers, you know, like it belongs to her,
2: and she's just kissing it. She... It's gonna give him that double wide, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Applebee's for dinner after this. Yeah.
1: And then Jamie, Noble, man. I was like, God damn it! I forgot how good you just you were, man. And how entertaining uh-huh. he was, man. So it, it was just a, a great match. Jerry did his thing. The whole stiff kicks. So I'm just like, man. He yeah. still wrestled to this day. I was like, "Hey, you and Shinsuke want to get down? Hey, I would love to see that." Mm-hmm. I'm sold.
2: Yeah, I'm sold. What about you, Fiz? Yeah. Any any other thoughts on this one?
3: Um, not really much to add here, man. Like I said, I, I Jamie Noble I was a big fan, and and uh, you know, with Tajiri, it's just it's it was a, a pleasure just to be able to watch him again. Nidia doing her thing on the outside, it's just wild, just wild. Two thousand two, just madness. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but just it it it. This whole experience just is bringing back so many great memories of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just seeing those wrestlers, that group, it's 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 not, they're not the first, like if you asked me, hey, from 2002, like who are some of your favorites? I don't know if I would even bring these names up, Jamie Noble and, and, and Nydia and Tajiri, but seeing them, I'm like, oh man, I just have such great memories of them. yeah, And just seeing them go at it and the wrestling in that Cruiserweight division was just it was on point and I, I feel like they did not get the 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 real kudos and respect that that they deserved for how good they were. Cause mm-hmm. you know when you compare uh cruise cruiserweight wrestling and say WCW, you know, with Juventude and Rey Mysterio at that time and Psychosis and La Parca and all those guys, it was like that was that was I mean WCW, that was one thing they did amazingly yeah. was the cruiserweight division. And WWE or WWF at the time was very, you know, light heavyweight, you know, and it was it was okay but they didn't really like X-Pac, I think, and was one of the the biggest names at that time until the merger between WCW and WWE. Then all of a sudden you've got Kidman coming over, you got Rey Mysterio coming over, you got all these guys that, you know, it just it, it, it they just got all this talent. I'm just so happy that they were they had that mindset to say, hey, let's do this here. Let's let's have the Cruiserweight division here. So. To, to see, you know, a cruiserweight match. And, you know, what I did when I actually watched this whole thing was I didn't look at the card. I just wanted to be surprised yeah. with what matches happened. And so when I saw Jamie Noble versus Tajiri, I was like, oh, man, this is great. Like, it felt like I I was watching it for the first time. (laughs) I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I'm getting to see them. And, you know, I see Jamie Noble come out. He's got his swagger and him and Nydia coming down. I'm like, oh, my God, these two. Like, this is great. And then Tajiri is my dude. I just love just the. There's just the tenacity he fights with. Like I said, the kicks that he throws, it's just like that last kick he threw at the back of Jamie Noble's head We he's making out with Nidia. I'm like, oh, no. It, it took both of them out. Like, both of them were laid out from that. I'm like, damn.
2: Lateral damage. So,
3: it, yeah, it was just fun, man. It, this this match was a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> of, uh, of Tough Enough 1, who do you think had the more successful career, Nidia or Maven? Nidia. Yeah. Maven
3: got the got oh my god that what was it Royal Rumble when he eliminated they the basically Undertaker like yeah. initiated him yeah man I mean yeah that was that was intense I wouldn't want to be him but Nidia I feel like she she got it you know, a little bit more respect and just you know better better booking to an extent she did yeah.
2: end up getting blinded by the black mist of Tajiri, So that's nothing to sneeze oh, at so man.
3: I guess that's the lesser of two. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> it's not smacking at all, guys. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Cruiserweight, always, always a good uh, aspect of the show. Fire. Gives you some variety on the show, you know. But yeah. we got some more uh, SmackDown. We got another SmackDown segment here. So we got Eddie Guerrero. Well, we got Chris Benoit uh, looking for Eddie Guerrero. And uh, he finds them, and Benoit tells Eddie that Chavo is getting beat up by Kurt Angle. So we're in this period where it's it's Los Guerreros, it's Mysterio and Edge, and it's Kurt Angle and Benoit, the three teams here. So, but Eddie and Benoit, I guess, are still friends at this point. So, and on SmackDown a few weeks ago, I believe it was Chavo told Benoit (laughs) that Kurt Angle was getting beat up by Eddie in the closet but um, Chava or Benoit got lured into the closet and Eddie was in the closet and Eddie beat him with a chair so it's kind of a turnaround here long story short uh, yeah. Kurt Eddie, Eddie Guerrero was like I'm not for this <laughs> one <laughs> that doesn't sound like Chava man I his voice you think I'm stupid <laughs> God, every time. Right, like, look, man, you man, beat up Right, you. right. There. like, oh, sure. behold, As all this is happening, Chavo is just getting He's
0: just
2: abused by Kurt Angle in the closet.
0: Right.
2: Don't want to know what happened in there, but Chavo is right. uh, no. worse for wear, to say the least. Um, oh, all man. building to I think they eventually have a three-way tag team match at Survivor Series. Yep, so, yep. but before that, we got the World Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship being unified here. Uh, which is wild, yeah. I didn't remember that was the whole you know, thing, yeah. Unifying with this whole
3: Katie thing storyline.
2: Oh, <laughs> by the way,
3: <laughs> we're unifying yeah, the, we IC got, and the world championship.
2: It's almost like they could have just had that be the storyline, but no. Nope. Right? It could that this was enough. Needs a little seasoning. Murder,
3: something more.
2: Necrophilia. Yes. semen. Let's add all of those things Not to enough. this. Kane, you know that really demonic guy that we brought in, you know, he was burned and he came back and burned his he buried his brother. He's very evil and menacing. Let's have a backstory where he's at a party and he gets drunk and drunk and drunk drives and he sees an animal and they skid off the road and his his girl that the girl that he liked, but didn't like him, you know, gets killed. And then, uh, yeah, and then he mm, has sex with her in a just, coffin. Let's 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 add all that to this right, unification. Right, right,
3: right, match. right, right. Yeah. It was a bit sus. This that's a, <laughs> the special sauce yes. that's going to really get this unification uh, yep. feud and match to to, to resonate Look. with the universe,
2: to be fair. I mean, it kind of did. We all kind of <laughs> remember. Not, we remember it. You yeah, but yourself, we remember, you the, remember the titles. I barely remember the titles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Yeah, kane is, Um. by the way, Kane's coming off of a, re- a return from injury. You know, comes back, takes out the Un-Americans, does the kane or Rudy, and Kane or rooney in the middle of the ring. Mm. He's hot with the crowd. He wins the tag team titles with the Hurricane. Beats Chris Jericho for the IC title. Now he's in a world. He's gonna walk out with all the gold. And um then it did not really pan out for him. But and uh as far as the match goes, um I don't know where you guys I feel like I the intensity from Kane didn't match a man who had been mm-hmm. accused of murder. But maybe I'm looking too much into it.
3: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, this dude, everything that Triple H done put you through. Like you gonna hit him with a collar and
2: elbow tie up in the beginning of <laughs>
3: yeah, like what are we doing? This should just you be should a straight piss. up. Bro- it shouldn't even be a regular match. This needs to be you know. I mean nowadays, be extreme rules. You know, with <laughs> tape, flaming tables. You yeah, know, yes, like yes. A-, a steel cage with barbed wire. You know, like this is this is the end. I'm gonna finish you. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it was it was very interesting that they that they went that route and that it it had the kind of like. You know, it felt like a basic wrestling match, but then you get Ric Flair getting involved, and mm-hmm. you know the sledgehammer gets involved, and you know referee shenanigans and all that. Like very, I mean, that, and that was a common staple too back then, with with just everything under the sun getting involved in these championship yeah. matches,
2: especially with Triple H.
3: Right, <laughs> right. <Yeah>. He just <laughs> did not win a clean Mm-mm. match. No sir. <laughs> I find That's a you. way. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You, found, you would find a way to bring Roman Reigns <laughs> into that conversation. But yeah, I mean, that's a great point that they didn't really have that that extra intensity that you thought you would have, that personal like thing from Kane specifically. Mm-hmm. I think what it
1: was, maybe it was the story, that, the background that we hear about. Well, hold on, Kane had a girl? He was at a bar? <laughs> I thought he was... Some supernatural half brother. Yeah, I thought he
2: was born out of ashes. Throw that shit out. Like,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what I'm matches. saying? That he, he's a face. He's sounding normal. And he's, he's talking about, you know, how was your day? And he's saying he's the happiest he ever been. The happiest. Yeah. <laughs> just like, happy Woo! and Kane does not go together, bro. That That's what kind of took me out. Yeah. And so oh,
3: man.
1: seeing this match, I'm like, I can't get into it. I, he just doesn't seem as, as aggressive like the old Kane. Like, come on. Triple H put yeah. you through the through the wire he tried to have you be committed for murder bro try to frame you for murder he got questions about semen like (laughs) what is going on man
2: (laughs) Oh, gotta Uh, defend his semen i guess but um yeah yeah, kane very humanized i would say kane isn't in this time period if that would all change once he takes the mask off, and I would argue that's probably one of his most uh, scary periods when he first took his mask off. Oh, when he first got, took it off? Oh, Setting yeah, people was- on fire. Tombstone, tombstone and Linda on the stage. Man, that's some good Guy. stuff right there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this match is just ridden with shenanigans. So you got uh, Kane you know, hits a fl- his flying clothesline off the top onto Triple H, and then Ric Flair comes in, hangs up Kane on the top rope. Triple H, with a belt shot for a two count. And then Hurricane runs in and uh, runs off Flair. Triple H comes out, hits Hurricane with a pedigree on the floor. And then, you know, ref ref bumps all over the place. I lost count of how many times ref got knocked <laughs> out. Uh, Triple H gets slammed through the announce table, because why not? Uh, Flair tries to Spanish take him out. State. Was Spanish. it the Spanish? I guess it was. Oh, yes, we had to spend it. Yep.
1: <laughs> I I kick I out of that, uh, right. you know. Like, oh, yeah, memories. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: Man, Flair, Flair, trying to chop Kane to death is one of my that favorite was great. visuals. <laughs> yes, that was great. No cell, <laughs> just like, like, there's the monster. I know. <laughs> we back. So then Flair has to <laughs> get a sledgehammer, <laughs> swings it at Kane, but Kane blocks it. Triple H with the low blow. Kane goes for the tombstone, but Triple H fights out, hits him with the sledgehammer, um, tries to hit him for a second time, but gets choke slammed. But there is no ref. It's just real run ins and weapons and ref bumps all over the place. A new ref comes in, makes the count. But Flair pulls the ref out and Flair knocks this ref out because I don't know what the hell he did but uh, he's doing his job, but uh, Flair gets choke slammed for his troubles, but this allows Triple H to take advantage of the distraction, hits the pedigree on Kane for the three counts. Triple H wins is very, uh, very, uh it's, it shows what's to come for Triple H in this title run, I feel like. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not even quite at Evolution yet. We're, we're, we're just dipping our toes no, into no, Flair no. at this point. That's right, yeah, yeah. But um,
1: yeah. It's crazy how thick the crowd is right now, I'll say, because they call Triple H like the greatest heel, but <laughs> this dude won 93% of the time by heel ways, you know? But hmm. they, they, they can't yeah. keep that same energy from my travel chief. <laughs> <laughs> <So> it's like, <laughs> he's doing good work. Triple H, you know what I'm saying? He'll get you heated, but everybody's cheering. They call him mm-hmm. one of the best heels. You got my guy, who feeds. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Yes,
3: yes, <laughs> absolutely. He like, does the same thing. I'm like, what's the difference? Mm. It, it, there's, there's a difference. Look, this is No Mercy 2002 review. <laughs> 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 Not Roman Reigns and trying to put him no. over. We <laughs> get it.
2: Devin's Devin has a lot to get off <laughs> his chest. I
3: just want <laughs> to make a point.
1: I'm like, what happened? Fickle crowd. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
2: Oh, turn for,
1: for Kane, You know what I'm saying? Saying he's happy. That shit wouldn't work in this crowd, I bet.
2: Well, <laughs> I mean. Roman has never com- uh, accused anybody of murder, though, I don't think. See, he's missing that. Exactly. You know, A few more just semen just references. In, right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe sex with one dead person. Maybe Maybe then we'll be on the same same level. Right. Though.
3: You know, there's still time. I, I mean, Logan Paul, there. that match is, yeah. you know, is, is a little while away. We can, we can start that going.
2: Are you telling there's me? Research? Are, are you suggesting <laughs> to me that Roman Reigns should murder <laughs> Logan Paul? And no! Then after? <laughs> I'm not like, saying that. That is a hot take. That is a hot take I've not seen yet. <laughs> not what I was saying. Not, <laughs> but, I, I'm literally recording but this. I, I, we can go back to the take. Hilarious.
3: <laughs> but... No, there's some skeletons in the in the mm. Paul Brothers closet. I'm sure we could dig some information up oh, Roman Reigns could get the wise man to do some research mm, okay. and find some stuff out. Like, hey, I'm you know, ya. by the way, you know, when you
2: were, you know, young whippersnapper with uh-huh.
3: just the same storyline.
2: That would go that would go <laughs> over I think the Fox I executives be like- would be very happy with that, actually.
3: <laughs> Her name was Katie. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Kane's okay, like, I told you. <laughs> it's Glenn come out Don't there and
2: <laughs> oh, oh, well my goodness. from one ridiculous storyline to another. We got uh, <clears throat> Stephanie McMahon's office, no. and uh Tracy comes in. You guys know Tracy, Tracy. the mistress of the undertaker. Jezebel. That's just <laughs> comes in. And uh, Stephanie, you know, she tells Tracy, hey, this conversation is between me and you. Don't mind this camera here. That's that's a prop. Just between me and you.
3: That was killing me the whole time.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: Make sure, I make sure, sure out. you stand like,
2: parallel for, for for the hard camera. Just between me and you. What's the
3: logic in this camera
2: right <laughs> <laughs> It's a boom mic. What's this? Oh, <laughs> wow. the red light on? Are <laughs> <laughs> you guys recording? Ambiance. Don't worry <laughs> about it.
3: <laughs> don't worry about it yeah
2: so tracy <laughs> kind of alluded to this earlier but basically paul Heyman uh brought in tracy i guess she's she was a uh a former flame of the undertaker back in the new generation days which is just a funny thought of undertaker you know making coitus with women you know in his hat and his mask probably Did he wear the master in it i don't know but mm-hmm. tracy's here and uh, she basically accused Undertaker of having sex with her a week ago while his wife, Sarah, is pregnant. Uh, she did this on SmackDown, but now, since they're having a confidential conversation between Tracy and Stephanie, Tracy admits that she lied. She was just doing it as a favor to Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. And after she says this, Undertaker mysteriously appears. I don't know if he was just hiding behind a fucking plant or what. if I stand very still they won't see me but uh, Taker's like you lying bitch I knew it it was a setup so I guess Tracy's done (laughs) that's uh, (laughs) it (laughs) just finish that story you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of the Deborah element of Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania Mm. 17 if you guys even remember that I do Because if you just watch the sh- WrestleMania main event, if you just watch the video package, the My Way and all that, no allusion to Deborah. even though that was a very mm-hmm. prominent storyline arc for, with the first few weeks of the build. They realized, you know what? Maybe Rock and Stone Cold don't need a woman angle in the middle of this. So they kind of just pivot <laughs> in. It's just, kind just of do the match. It's like Brock Lesnar and Undertaker. You got these two beasts. They're fighting inside a cage. Like Maybe that can just be the thing. I That's don't know. That's all you need. <sighs> it is. But after that, we got the inaugural crowning of the WWE Tag Team Champions. The, uh, the SmackDown-specific tag team titles we got. Uh, this is a culmination of a tournament that had been happening on SmackDown. And this is the finals. It's Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle versus Edge and Rey Mysterio. Who we this is um like we mentioned smackdown six this is four of the six here mm. yep. i mean it's exactly what you'd expect it's a it's a banger and a half i mean the the how everybody kind of intertwines with one another it, like everybody breaking up pins and hitting finishers to save others i don't know what, what are you what are you guys thoughts on this match because there's, there's a lot going on here
1: it's oh my god it was like 100 miles an hour in this match but it, it just worked fine just the chemistry in between these three teams, mm-hmm. and what's crazy is I'm watching this. I'm like, oh shit! I forgot about this match. I even forgot about the finish because when the finish
2: happened, I was shocked. I was like, whoa! Yeah, I actually whoa. forgot who won this match when I was watching it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kurt Angle just acting like a badass in the ring as usual, Whew. but he got the got the, the angle time. got the angle lock on on Ray, and I mean not Ray. On uh, on edge and just made him tap and I'm like, oh shit! I, I had a, I had a mark out moment. I'm like, wow, yeah. twenty years! I'm still marking out <laughs> <laughs> from this man. So this this match was awesome, man. I say, oh yeah, this match my night. It's matching matching the night for okay. this
3: card. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, man. This this was this was such an amazing match. It's you know it's somewhat bittersweet because we're talking about Chris Benoit. Yeah it's, yeah. it's just like you know just. Um, the unfortunate, just terrible acts of this man outside of the ring, we all know and it's been talked about over and over again. Um, here to talk about it in the ring, I mean, gosh, the the guy was a technical master, you know, just mm-hmm. just all around. He's one of back then at that time, I looked at him as the best technical wrestler for me. Like my favorite technical wrestler was was Chris Benoit, you know, and just seeing him with Kurt, it was like, This is ridiculous. This team is OP. Like it is not fair. Like no one can touch them if they are on the same page. How do you beat them? You just to me it was just like a foregone conclusion. Especially when when Rey Mysterio was in there in the beginning and Kurt Angle is just tossing him around. He's (laughs) like, "Look, go tag Edge. I'm done with you. (laughs) Go tag Edge." I said, "Wow, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing right." Right? (laughs) Rey Mysterio gets his eventually but oh, yeah. I was like that kind of set the tone for me and how I viewed them as a tag team. But yeah, just just great match. Definitely a match of the night, you know, contender for sure. I'll I'll go ahead and say match of the night. Just mm-hmm. it was awesome. It and it's it's a match that I think a lot of these matches you could do now, but this match especially, I feel like you could take this to pretty much any company too, to uh to an AEW, you know, to an Impact, you know, definitely WWE you know and it just it fits in to to a lot of the styles that we see on the on the indie scene yeah. you know as well as is like an AEW you know where it's it's more like fast paced go 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 you know so i think there's a lot of influence that a lot of the guys now get from this group that we're seeing here mm-hmm. you know that six from smackdown and and before in this match in particular i think it's very influential to to what we see today
2: yeah it's crazy cuz these aren't teams like this is four individuals. But for, yes, for whatever reason, yes, they yes. they knew how to do Great it, chemistry.
1: especially towards right. the end. I'm man, like, that's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, wow, these yeah. are just not tag teams. They're all no. singles, individuals,
2: to be fair, though. Yeah. At this point, there's not a lot of tag teams. I think Billy just got injured. So Billy and Chuck's gone like the tag mm. team tournament. I didn't write him down. He had like,
3: yeah, those names were real random. <laughs> you D-Von know, and Ron
2: Simmons. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Bro, I'm like <laughs> bro- 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 <laughs> what, What?
3: <laughs> they just put the two black dudes together. Like, Let's yeah. just call it what it is. They say, "Hey, man, the, the black dude from APA, yeah. the black dude from Delhi Boy. Damn, we gonna smash y'all together. <laughs> Let's just see."
2: The only f- I think, Mark Henry and Farouk were a team before this. So maybe I don't know. Oh, I'm, see, not, I'm not saying see. anything, but <laughs> just. Vince was
3: not very, you know, subtle with that. He just kind of... rocked the do-rag, bro. Come on. (laughs) Right Oh, We ain't even going there. Do-rag, Vince?
2: (laughs) I have no comments. Right. Hulk Hogan will be coming for you. But... (laughs) yeah awesome match i mean you guys said it but one of the spots that really stuck out to me it was kind of just a whatever spot but when chris benwall had edge in a cross face ray hits goes does the 619 motion but like launches himself at benwall and and nails him right with his knee then you have like all the like germans and all like the close calls and the spear for a two count or the pins broken up you have edge tosses ray Up onto Kurt, who's sitting on the top rope and hits a Rana. Just uh, just crazy cohesion between these guys. And then, like you said, Kurt wins with the ankle. Uh, Pretty straightforward finish. Uh, Something about the way he was twisting it, man. He was putting a little extra mustard on this one. But, um, yeah, awesome stuff. And they would have, I think they would go on to have like a two out of three falls match on SmackDown. So this is the first of many great matches between these (laughs) guys. Um,
3: Yeah, I think I feel like Kurt at this time, too, like, he, he was kind of transitioning from kind of being that goofy, like, you know, milk drink. I mean, yeah, he was yeah. still doing a lot of that stuff, but starting to get real intense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to the point where when he fought uh, Shawn Michaels at that WrestleMania, mm-hmm. it was like he was on another level, mm-hmm. like on another level. And he had his time, but I feel like Kurt is another one where he, he just... It, it, it should have been what they were doing for Brock. They they could have done that for Kurt just because of how good he was. Yeah. Just really saying, hey, this dude right here is the best, period. They, they say the best in the world for a lot of guys. And Kurt Angle really, I think, was the best in the world during his time, especially at that, like, leading into that Shawn Michaels match after he beat mm-hmm. Shawn. That was, oh, my God. Like, like he... They, they did the whole ECW thing and I'm like, Ugh, you know, they, they, I feel like keep him on the on the the main you know roster, you know, and have him be your guy, you know, is is mm-hmm. what I wish they would have done with him. But yeah, this right here just kind of there was there was little nuggets of Kurt is is a badass. Yeah, he can you know three eyes. He could be corny and, and goofy and funny sometimes, but damn, when he wants to get serious. Yes. He will really break your ankle yes. and get serious. So
2: get Once that happen. bell rings. When the bell rings, it's all business. And <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we even taught it. Like, Vengeance one They had the, the four people fighting for the undisputed title. You had Rock, Austin, Jericho. And Kurt kind of felt like that fourth guy. Like, he felt like a tier below the other three. Or maybe, maybe yeah. even on the same as Jericho. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going into this period, to your point, where I think the the whole thing with him and Brock, I mean, it felt like they had a year long rivalry or something. I think that's the closest to him being like the guy, at least the guy of SmackDown for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, But got something a little different up here. Next. We got the women's title on the line. We got the champion Trish Stratus versus Victoria.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: We, so this, this match is pretty short, but it was pretty dense with action as, it's a pretty common theme. We kind of talked about it earlier, how like women, they were going at it. I mean, they they were presented as eye candy for sure. They're still doing the bikini contests and the mud pit, you know, pool of mud, jello matches and all that stuff. You have Lawler on commentary and all that stuff. God, but it's like, God. man, yeah. they, they were in there. They were going hard. And uh, eventually Trish goes for the stratus faction. But uh, Victoria throws her off. But Trish rolls her up. For the win, out of nowhere. And uh, really the highlight of this is Victoria and and the character they're giving her because she's really like this psychotic, like unhinged chick where they're really just kind of starting here. Because after the match, Victoria boots Trish right in the face and it's like clawing after her, but security is like pinning her down to keep her down. So the match is fine for what it is. But I think Victoria and the direction for her is what stood out to me
3: was this this was the lead in to Trish versus Victoria in the that hardcore match that they had yes SummerSlam? S- yeah.
2: survivor series when that survivor, match survivor, I was going to say okay. survivor okay. series
3: okay. yeah yeah cuz cuz yeah that seeing this match made me think of that one mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm like yeah. this has to be what was leading into what what kind of kicked that off cuz that match was at that time I think that was the match that I said Whoa, they're really letting the women Go yeah. and do stuff that the men are doing on a hardcore level now? Damn. Like, so this was kind of a, like a sneak peek at that, especially from Victoria's standpoint with the character starting to, to come through. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was a fan of what Victoria was doing. Trish was great, but it almost... I feel like Victoria started to get some people behind her a little bit because it was like, whoa, this is interesting. Like, people were intrigued by her. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she had a hardcore... Zero Fucks, you know, character. And that's what I was attracted Mm by, especially the wrestling. You know, yeah, she was coming out, presenting as eye candy, but once that bell ring, shit, she is a wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) All right? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's what I was thinking about, too, about, I was thinking about their hardcore match. I was like, fuck, I got to look at I got to watch that. Because I remember Mm -hmm. they were both bleeding profusely, man, just leaking dude getting hit with trash cans stop signs kendo sticks i was like, like that yes yeah. they yeah. they just let them go man mm-hmm. so yeah I, I think this was just the whole lead up, but i i enjoyed the sneak peek of what we got from this match from especially mm-hmm. victoria she was one of my you know one of my favorite women's wrestlers too of
2: that era mm-hmm. or just all time yeah. yeah for sure she needs to be in the hall i don't think she's in the hall of fame is she yeah victoria. she's not need to fix that they yeah, need to yeah fix wow that. yeah that. Immediately,
1: it is decided yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah i think even in the build-up i think victoria hit trish with the chair maybe it might have been the other way around but yeah they were doing stuff that they were trying new things out and some things were mm-hmm. uh some things worked, some things didn't but uh i think this one was definitely uh a, g- a good Two sign women's matches yeah. <laughs> victoria,
1: when yeah. she she jumped she jumped <laughs> over the she was outside the ring and she did that leg
2: drop from yeah, in, yeah. to the
1: inside of the ring i was like oh that was real crisp real crisp mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. so yeah
2: yeah because i mean just the way she moves she moves like an athlete and that was like mm-hmm. something that wasn't yep. super common back then like you look at how victoria moves and you look at how trish moves and they're very different but it works for this match, I thought. And especially their hardcore match at Survivor Series. That was brutal. But speaking of brutal, we got our main event. Ooh. Ooh. Speaking of blood, speaking of eye candy, we got the Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> the WWE title <laughs> on the line. We got the champ, Brock Lesnar, with the wise man versus the Undertaker, man.
3: With his original love.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say this Paul Heyman's low key, uh, MVP of this match because yeah. he, he's pouring blood, he didn't even get in the cell. He's leaking,
1: too, right? <laughs> like, he was leaking, too.
2: See, him, play, I'm like, man, like, wow. how he was like yelling at Brock, <laughs> like, Brock was like on the ground, and Paul's like, We're losing, Brock, you gotta do something. <laughs> God, like, uh, this Paul Heyman oh, going man. all out. But yeah, this, God, is such a good man. Where, where does this rank for you guys in terms of Hell in a Cell matches of all time?
1: Ooh, I could Ooh. say
2: easily top 10 for me. Maybe How many five. have there been? Like 50, 50, 25? I don't even know.
3: Yeah, how many do we have at this point? That's, That's a, a great question. question.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, especially in this it's, last it's been, ten years. I mean, hmm. we get one every year. It, it's it it's just, up you know, there for sure. You spread know, spread out with this. So. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But this, this hard. What stuck out to me was the structure of the Hell in a Cell.
2: Yes, when... the old school one.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh shit! I forgot how low the ceiling was, and mm-hmm. Undertaker was grabbing, like using the balance. I was like, oh shit! I'm like, that's right. It was. It was. Lower, but the Hell in a Cell was wider too, you yeah. know. In this one, because this one you can actually go outside the ring and run run around if you need to, which you did. Mm. Saw Paul Heyman getting pulled against it too; <laughs> it's just leaking from that. But yeah, man. Uh But I
2: would say top ten for the,
1: for this Hell in a yeah.
2: Cell. Yeah, I love because it, it feels like it's actually like a suffocating structure. It feels like you're trapped in. It feels like you can't escape. Like now it just feels like this big ass red building that you can run around. It just feels like a normal match. It just happens to be in, you know, you can't see as well. But um, yeah, I mean, they were do- They were like hanging on to the trusses like on top of the ropes and swinging. And Brock was doing these swing kicks, swinging from the truss at the top of the cell. You have, um, I should say, Undertaker. In the build-up to this, Brock Lesnar broke Undertaker's hand with like a gas tank or something, propane tank. And uh, Undertaker's in there with a cast, this big-ass cast. It's like a weapon. But Brock is out to take out this cast. So Paul Heyman takes off his belt, and Brock is able to tie Undertaker to the wall of the cage. And I just love this visual, because Brock has the chair. You see Undertaker's hand. He just smashes his hand over and over again. Just brutal looking even breaks the belt just out of sheer just hitting it so hard. It breaks a leather belt and uh Brock eventually rips the cast off. Takes a while, but he gets there and. um Yeah, so they, they get to the top rope. a lot of top rope stuff. Like I said, they can hold on to the top of the <laughs> cell so they're more apt to do that. Uh Taker throws out a suicide dive at some point in this match, which is something. Mm, mm, mm. And uh there's one point where Brock some of the most <laughs> brutal steel steps shots I've ever seen in my life
3: ooh yeah need not whole back
2: obliterates yeah. the undertaker and tosses the stairs over the ring like to the opposite Ridiculous. side Ridiculous. Ridiculous. i don't think he meant to even no, go that he's i think he <laughs> wanted to <the> right
3: <laughs>
2: said how strong i of the know <laughs> <laughs>
3: right god <laughs>
2: So much blood. Taker is just oh crimson <sighs> mask. Uh was able to bust out a chokeslam on the Brock, but only gets a two count. Hits the last ride. This 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 is <sighs> He got some on that too. He did. on Brock Lesnar's not a small man. <laughs> but he goes for the pinfall, and Brock Lesnar breaks up the pin by grabbing the bottom rope. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Does it make sense? Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I feel like, because they, they were doing pins on the outside, so they've established that it's false Count Anywhere. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I see your point. I liked it. I liked it when it happened, because I like it when it's like, damn, he would have had them, you know, and it's that kind of like a, ah, you know, yeah. and I'm just, I was so sucked into the match, but if we're being real about it, it doesn't make any damn sense in the context of a Hell in the Cell for there to be like a rope break or you know DQ. Like there's no DQ. There's no rules really. It's just you pin or you submit and that's it. And so you're you're right, but I was caught up in the moment Man. of like, okay, that's a way to get out of it. Typically, so I just accepted it, but it was a mistake on the on on their part. You know, just to to have that as part of it because it, it shouldn't have that rule. Yeah, yeah, strong point. And it's it's funny
1: that when I saw that, I was like, wow. Even to this day, you can still get some foolishness and hell in the cell with DQ finishes. <laughs> 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 so it's it's, it's almost ironic that I saw that. I was like, wow. It's just yeah. wow. Okay. Well, this was like he kind of showed so, you. It was like, hey, this possibly can happen in the future. Do
3: you? So so, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt do not look so bad. <laughs> no. There were no there were, big ass cartoony 35 curbs in this sum. match. Ooh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man, thirty
1: five curves too brutal. Cut it
3: off. Too brutal.
1: But this match, yeah, yes. You know, the, with the with the rope break, I I'm, I'm on the fence with Hafiz. That it was so fun, it was so violent that I kind of just threw it out the window. I'm willing to accept anything that Happens in this match, mm-hmm. anything in this match at this point, because these guys are just almost about to die of blood loss at this point.
3: And I think, too, I was so distracted, all that yes,
1: blood blood. just yeah. especially yeah. from Undertaker, man. You just from you
3: the like a faucet, yeah, bro. I'm man. like, oh my, is he, oh my <laughs> god, man, just is he okay?
1: yeah, just take a break, man, just make sure you're know, clean, 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 <laughs> yeah, you guys, Brock's yeah, <laughs> yeah, got to touch your but yeah. Taker's like, that last <laughs> In that last ride, I almost got worried because I thought his head was gonna hit the top of that metal <laughs> steel. Ooh, ride. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my God, did he hit it? Did he hit it?" I don't. That's why he, they made he had so him up there. He,
0: yeah,
3: we go, going at it. And then you got when he did the pin, like in and so the blood from him is on Brock oh. now. So like his whole lower chin has Taker's blood on him. This was brutal. Yeah. Pills, man. <laughs> like, but this,
2: this is so when terrible. I think of Hell in a Cell and what I want Hell in a Cell matches to be, this is like one of those matches I think of because they're used in the cage. Right. Like I guess it's a small cage. Brock yeah. is just getting launched, and like he, the way Brock will just sell, like getting thrown, he just yeah. flies into the wall. They're getting cheese yeah. grater all, all over the place. Yeah. The, the chair shots, like I mentioned, to the, his hands and the steel steps, the steel chairs after all of this, it just takes one F5 from Brock Lesnar to get the win.
3: But I love the Ooh. transition, though. That transition was, was clear. <laughs> tombstone. Reverse it. But he doesn't Shoot. tombstone. He says, nope. Picks up Undertaker and fire carry. Yeah. What? Just over. Perfect. Over. <laughs> I said, okay. I yes. accept it. If you're going to hit me with one F5, do it that way. And <laughs> I accept it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't make sense with all the blood loss. Come on, 1F5 and, <laughs> and you leak like two like two gallons of blood. Like, yeah, that'll do it, bro. You yeah, probably on the verge of death right, right now from this. From, just just from the impact alone. Just, oh, he might need to yeah. try it. Like, this is, he's lost so much blood. Get him yeah. to a hospital. <laughs>
3: hook him up to something. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: God but yeah brutal match Brock gets out there yes. go climbs the way he climbs the cell he just looks like King Kong just he, he takes neck. like three strides to get all the way to the top of the cell <laughs> hops up there Snapping athletic built up on top of the just awesome image awesome match Brilliant. and yeah you got any other thoughts on this
1: just Brock being Brock man I mean, to this day that's how yeah. he is yeah. And yeah, yeah, it yeah it's still right, yeah. but it's still like somebody in this world, in this wrestling universe. Show me a, a, a boring Brock match.
3: I dare you. <laughs> you know, I can't think of one. Man, I mean, the one, the one the... would be that Goldberg. <laughs> Brock Goldberg it was pretty bad because everyone knew he was leaving, and so everyone tuned out. The only person that got any love was Stone Cold.
2: <laughs> yeah, of course, enough, stone Cold. On and another one. Is actually yeah. the one where he broke the streak, because that match was actually kinda ass. If if I remember I I haven't uh, seen it in a while. I don't remember liking it. But also Undertaker, I think, was concussed like in the beginning. <laughs> so it was like, like yeah. the fact that he <laughs> finished the match at all was <laughs> loopy-eyed. Yeah, Man. yeah.
3: That one that that that's one that I kind of put out of my mind because I was so upset yeah. at the fact that they they did went that route. It's like, you know, of all the people that Undertaker <laughs> had faced at WrestleMania. That Shawn Michaels, if he if they would have given Shawn Michaels one of those victories, I'd have been like, oh, man, I might, I might have cried <laughs> because I was so rooting for Shawn to pull it off and not have to retire. And then you had Triple H and Shawn was there and he, you got the super kick into the, the pedigree transition yep. and he kicks out. I'm like, this is never <laughs> happening. This is never happening. And then they gave it to Brock. I was like, are you? He doesn't need this. Come on, I mean, man.
2: Albert. But, you know. A train could have used it at WrestleMania nineteen. Oh, oh man!
3: <laughs> think
2: of where they could have gone. Big Show and Albert both getting it. Hmm.
3: Oh man! Yeah, you know, Batista, Batista and Randy Orton. One of those two guys, yeah. I think that would have been cool to give those guys that that kind of win. Then they gave it to Roman Reigns after. No, but he should have like, gonna... been the first one. Like he was. If Roman would have been the first one, that would have been right. sick. That would have been sick. That would have made a whole lot of sense. Cause especially at that time, he was still ascending. Mm-hmm. So to give him that first, that notch on his belt, that's the beginning of the head of the table right there. Because then the crowd, the way they turned on him and and just were booing, not they were already kind of yeah, against him, but the way they were booing him the night after that many of event, that could have been the start of all of this right here. This is my yard now, and you know, I'm the head of the table, blah blah. blah. That uh, it's, I'm glad the way it yeah. turned out, but yeah, that could have been that'd have been a nice revision. Yeah.
2: We got there eventually. <laughs> the chief. Chief.
3: <laughs> we yeah. got there, right? We yeah. figured yeah. it Hello out eventually.
2: Chief. Yes, we <laughs> took
3: a pandemic <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> it, it Took the last shutdown.
2: Needed just needed a new set of teeth. That's all. That's all it took. Hey, right. right, that was what was missing. <laughs> <a new laughs> <one. laughs> Oh man, you guys have no mercy on that. But speaking of which, we have no mercy. Any other thoughts on the on the show, anything we didn't didn't talk about? When I watched this
1: pay-per-view, I got to be real, I didn't feel like I was watching a pay-per-view. I felt like I was watching a SmackDown Raw show because of so many segments. Cuz the seg- yeah. segments yeah. actually you know, stood out to me. I was like, "Wow, it's like almost every segment after after the match, any match, it was just we got a segment, so it felt like a, a three. Uh, not, well, yeah, three hour raw nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. or a, just a, a SmackDown. So it didn't feel like that had that. The matches hit, but you know, overall, for me watching, that felt
3: like it was just a, a, a just extended show, not a pay per view. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I think there was something too about maybe the size of the arena. Like it felt like it was a little bit more condensed the first visual that they showed of like the crowd and the ring and the Hell in a Cell was like, this doesn't feel that big overall. So that was an initial thought, but man, I just had so much fun. Again, I didn't Mm -hmm. look at the card. So I was like, Ooh, I just want to be surprised. Like what's going to, what am I going to see? And just seeing some of these matches, seeing some of these wrestlers again at that time, seeing a young Chris Jericho was, was crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, Kurt Angle back then, like just the start of him being a real beast, you know, I mean, Triple H, Kane, mm-hmm. and having to relive <laughs> Katie Vick and all that was kind of you know it was what it was, but you know just overall it was it was great to be able to go back and see you know the stuff that you know we we grew up with you know and 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 now even to compare it to some of the stuff we're seeing now and you know looking at where maybe they could can take some things that they were doing like with the the big six from oh we gotta, gotta run out of visitor there I see on <laughs> <laughs> you know, from from the big six mm-hmm. from SmackDown, you know, and that type of you know feel from Raw and SmackDown actually being separate. You know, maybe you can take some of that and bring it into today's wrestling. So it was nice to see that. And yeah, the Hell in a Cell, the main event. I mean, I don't know where it ranks necessarily for me, but I would say it's it's probably one of the most, if not the most brutal when it comes to just the blood loss mm-hmm. that we saw. I mean, we've seen some some crazy stunts. Done on, done on Hell in cells. Cell, usually that's kind of the big thing that you're anticipating. Oh, they're going to go to the top and, and mm-hmm. fight up there and, you know, who's going to fall off, you know, whenever they mention Hell in the Cell. But with this one, it was basically contained yeah. inside the Cell the whole time and they just fought and just beat the, the okay. dog shit out of each other. And just seeing that brutality in it, it just, this might be the most brutal Hell in the Cell that, that they have done. Yeah. So, you know, definitely... Awesome to watch. Fun time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was a great great card
2: overall. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, there. I'd probably put this cell match top five for me just because of how they utilized the cell without relying on the crazy stunts. Because yeah. I think before yep. this, they had even like Jericho and Triple H. Like they didn't, no one got thrown off or anything, but they they went to the top and there was like a flaming 2x4 used. And you had um, Cactus Jack, obviously, yeah. going yeah. through the cage and yeah. stuff like that. So just the sheer the way they were able to just create a brutal story here without relying on stuff like that just purely just kicking the shit out of each other like you said it was, it was awesome <laughs> but um yeah I think that brings No Mercy to a close and uh, I'm trying to think of a segue to, I always try to like have a pun to transition into your podcast Um I don't know maybe you guys watch the show on Clark Street or something but speaking of which <laughs> Thank you guys once again uh, <laughs> for making the time to uh, <laughs> check out the show. Come on, recap it. Where can everybody find you guys in the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast?
1: Oh, it's real simple website, ClarkStreetWrestling.com, ST for their abbreviation, where you got all your social media. So you got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Yes. yes. There we go. Talk, We're going to do top. it on this show too. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, all gonna yeah, I'm going <laughs> to pause for a little bit. <laughs> and of course, your audio, video needs. And we got the merch. You now we'll Plug our merch real quick. We got shirts. We got hoodies for this time of weather. And if you're down in Australia and in the southern states, all right, we got beach towels, okay? Get your beach <laughs> yes, towels. Don't burn your ass. <laughs> Get your ass off that hot-ass sand. Wrestling.com forward slash store for Yo, pleasure. It is decided. And thank you, Kyle, for inviting us. We always have fun just recapping. Oh, of course. Yes, that that is fun. That's fun as hell. So appreciate Uh, it. Always. Oh,
2: you guys are always welcome. For sure. Once again, thank you to Devin and Hafiz from the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Always a hoot. (laughs) Always a good time with those guys. Choke. Choke me. Go check out the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, check out their shows live. YouTube, all that stuff. Follow them on all the social medias. Again, all that in the description. Follow me at apronbump, ApronBump.com for all my full episodes. Buy a shirt, rate the podcast, review the podcast. Have sex with my dead corpse. Do all of the things that you do to support your favorite podcasters and uh yeah i think that's about all daddy has for you guys today thank you guys so much for listening i love you all no mercy theme song's a theme song's a banger on this one no mercy all right i'm done thank you guys so much for listening I'm hard. Talk around and the a Talk around and the hardest.